Welcome back to our study of the names of Jesus. We're talking about all the different ways that our Savior is referred to in Scripture, both through prophets and through apostles and, and the writings in the New Testament, and also the way he refers to himself. Um, and by the way, if you're wanting to look at some of the Scripture of, of references to Christ and names of Jesus, and you want to see those particularly where he refers to himself, uh, check out the Gospel of John because the whole purpose of that gospel is to convince us of the divinity of Christ and, uh, and Jesus himself is speaking there about his own divinity. So a lot of these phrases and a lot of these names and words we've looked at come from the Gospel of John. And today is no different. We're in John chapter 14. Let's begin in verse 1. If you have your Bible, please read along. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know the way to where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do, not, you, you do know him and have seen him. And Jesus, of course, is talking about himself. You know, there are some things that Jesus says that are sometimes hard. We have an image of Jesus in our head, right? We have an image of Jesus as this peaceful, um, serene, gentle, you know, often holding a lamb, right, the pictures. Uh, he says some things that are hard. He says some things that we'd like to not think about sometimes because he says things like, hey, if you're going to follow after me, um, you're going to have to go up against your family sometimes, right? And you got to deny your own family to follow me. That's tough. I don't know about that one. Well, this is a tough one too. Now, we're used to this passage. Christians know this passage. But for those outside of the Christian faith, this passage might be the most singular reason why Christians uh, are hated. This might be the most singular reason why the Christian faith is targeted so heavily. Now, what do I mean by that? Uh, I'm not crying persecution, first of all. I get to worship freely. I'm not under threat of arrest or death. For you know, I'm, It's certainly worse in other parts of the world. So I'm not crying persecution here. But what I am saying is, the world doesn't care for Christians. And it never really has. Christians have often been um, not, not favored <laughs> in the world. And why is that? And why us uh, more so than other religions and other faiths? Okay, and I want to explain this, because you may, you may disagree. But it seems to me that throughout history, throughout the history of the world, some of the most persecuted groups of people are Christians. Uh, now, there are others. But the Christian is not only persecuted, but openly persecuted. And the persecution of the Christian is encouraged and tolerated. Um, that has been true for a good portion of history. And I can give you examples of that. Okay? Um, and people might say, well, the reason the church has a negative 
you know, people have negative feelings uh, or don't like Christians or the reason they're considered to be so controversial is because of they, you know, they stand for such, these fundamentalist groups do these one, these radical things um, uh, in, in the name of Jesus, right? Because you see groups like, like um, that would bomb abortion clinics, right? Pro-life groups that, that shout the name of Jesus as the reason for them committing acts of violence. Or you see groups like the Westboro Baptist Church, right? By the way, that's, there's like four people in that church and they're all related. So, uh, but they get a lot of attention because they stand at military funerals with signs that say really disgusting things on them, speaking on God's behalf um, at a setting that is it's not at all appropriate. Uh, if there were such a setting that were appropriate, I'm not sure of it. Um, but be, these groups, these more fundamentalist groups, do these things that reflect very poorly on the Christian faith. But here's the thing. Most reasonable people can understand that the Westboro Baptist Church and the radical pro-life, um, violent, domestic terrorist, abortion clinic bombers do not represent the majority of Christians. I think that's a reasonable thing to say. But that's not what the world says. That's not what our news media says. That's not what our politicians say. That's not what the voices in our culture and in our society tell us. So you have that. You have on the one hand, we have some bad actors who use the name of Christ to do horrific things. And all Christians are painted with that brush. Now let's look at the other side. Do you remember 2001? Do you remember September the 11th? Do you remember the terrorist attacks carried out by a group of people who were Middle Eastern in, in their ethnicity and they were all Muslim? Now, they were extremist fundamentalist Muslims. They come from an extreme radical group of the, of the, the, the religion of Islam. And I think most reasonable people understand that that group, those people, do not represent all of Islam or even the majority of it. And yet we are reminded constantly by our society, by our politicians, by our news media, not to be anti-Muslim on the basis of these attacks that were carried out. Radical fundamentalist people using a religion to carry out acts of heinous violence, the Muslim gets the reminder and the disclaimer in, uh, in, in our culture not to paint all of them with the same brush, but with the Christian it is encouraged. And if you pay attention to the news, it is palpable. Christians are targeted Christians are not well-liked. In fact, Christians are hated, and they have been for a long, long time. Why? Well, I would point you to this verse in John chapter 14 and verse 6, where Jesus says something that is very unique to the religious landscape. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life, no one comes to the Father except through me. What Jesus does there is eliminates all other options for finding God. Now, there are other religions 
other faiths, other belief systems, um, that teach multiple ways to reach the same conclusion. Look at Buddhism. Buddhism has some wonderful teachings about finding inner peace and things like that. Um, and there's a lot of secular activities we do that have some Buddhist elements to them. Um, but even Buddhism teaches there's many ways to get to God. In fact, Buddhism teaches that we are all gods and everything is a god. And when everything's a god, nothing's a god. So Islam, Judaism, they all teach a singular higher power. But even in those faiths, um, they do not teach that there is one conduit through which we reach that higher power. In those religions, it's the keeping of law. It's the keeping of law regulation, law and regulation that gets you the home with in eternity, gets you the reward. Nope, Christianity does not teach that there are multiple ways to get to God. It does not teach that you possess the ability to reach God on your own. It teaches this single, simple fact that has set the world on fire. There was a man named Jesus, and he was the son of God. And nobody who's ever walked this earth besides him possesses the ability to reach out into heaven. If you want to be saved, if you want to live forever, if you want to reach the next life, he is the only way to get there. I have a handful of what I would call non-negotiables when it comes to my beliefs, my faith. There are a lot of things about how I practice my faith and what I believe fundamentally, theologically, that I think maybe I could be right or wrong on, I'm willing to have a conversation about, and I won't shut you out just because you disagree. Well, I'll never shut anyone out just because they disagree, but on a couple of points, I am absolutely, there's no negotiating because I feel scripture is so strongly and so clearly defined. And one of them, the most fundamental, is this. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and through him, all can have eternal life, but only through him. There is no other way to get to heaven than through Christ. And because Christians believe that, it puts a target on our back. To live that way is to, is to limit all other options in this world, and that calls attentions to the other options that people are availing themselves of. That calls attention to the sin that people live in. It calls attention to the false gods that people follow. It calls attention to the idols and traditions of man that people are chasing after. To say that Jesus is the only way eliminates everything else, and that severely challenges people in this world to question and look at themselves, and often their response is hatred and anger. Jesus has some words that can cut. He has some teachings that are hard, and sometimes we get cut a little bit deep. And this verse cuts deep. To say that Jesus is the way and the truth and the life and that no one gets to God except through him is to eliminate everything else. There's no other way. Nothing else is true, and nothing else gives life, and nothing else gets to God the way Jesus does. It's a tough thing for the world to understand. So Christians are often, I believe, threatened and persecuted on this basis. 
on the basis that we believe this very thing. Because it does set us apart, it is unique, and it leaves no other option, and the world does not like things that are definite. The world likes to have options. The world doesn't like absolutism. It's just the way the world works. Another thought here. This goes to the other side of the coin. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. Do you know what I don't find in that passage? No one comes to the Father except through him and the perfect understanding of Scripture. Or and the perfect practice of all doctrine. And exactly the right kind of worship style. And you see all the things that are missing there? Because if it eliminates everything else and we say, yeah, go Jesus, that eliminates Islam and Judaism and that eliminates Buddhism and Hinduism and she, it eliminates all these things. It eliminates all those things and we say, yay, Jesus. But then we have to turn the mirror back toward ourselves and say, you know what it also eliminates? It also eliminates all the rules you're making people live by that Jesus didn't make. It also eliminates the judgment that you look at others with if they don't live exactly the way you think they should live. It also eliminates the man-made effort to build ourselves up as the gatekeepers to God. When we eliminate all those things that we agree are fine to eliminate, we also have to admit we eliminate ourselves. Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. Jesus is the life. No other faith, religion, or God will get you there, but neither will any other Christian. All we do as Christians is we point toward the way. We point to Jesus, and Jesus saves. Not me, not your preacher, not your elders, not... No, Jesus saves. That's a hard... That's a hard fact. It's a hard fact for the world to stomach. It's a hard fact for Christians to stomach. We like to make rules too. But the gospel teaches Jesus saves. It's not Jesus and, it's Jesus. Now, do we strive to arrange our lives and live in accordance with that fact? Certainly. We obey the will of God, the teachings, the example of Scripture. We try to seek out what God is looking for in how we live and the choices we make. We want to glorify Him with our words and our thoughts and our speech and our actions. We want to do the best we can to, to serve Him in our worship and in our congregations. There is a difference in striving to do the best we can to look like Him and adding another layer to the way and the truth and the life because we're none of those things and there's certainly nothing else listed. In all we do, in all that we seek to obey, in all we seek to keep, in all we seek to establish, in all we seek to do to glorify Him, that is the goal, to glorify Him and to show people Jesus. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. No one comes to the Father except through Him. All options are eliminated. No other God, no other idol, no other faith, no other law, and no set of rules or doctrines or man-made creeds and 
and, and examples. No, we strive to do the best we can to obey and to glorify God, and we let him handle the rest, pointing the way to Jesus with grace and love. That's our job. Nothing more and nothing less. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And next time, we'll explore more names of Jesus. Thank you so much for being here. We'll see you when that time comes.